Are you worried you're no longer fun? Having trouble stylizing your home to feel like you? Is your name Carol or Dick? Hi, I'm Mr. Bornyhawk, and I'm a simple half man, half goat, ready to help you achieve your dreams with my Thor, Bornyhawks. At Bornyhawks, we have highly trained refurbishers to alter your dull, lifeless home into a colorful, vintage nostalgia to whatever suits your mood. Want to feel like you're invited to parties? We'll change your basement to look like a roaring 20s speakeasy. Want to feel like there's hope? We'll change your backyard to look like a castle from Disney. Want to feel like you have friends? We'll even change your living room to look just like the living room for the 90s sitcom show Friends. And as always, before we leave, make sure to take my hand. No, take my hand. Right now. Take my hand. Take my hand or 60 of my men will come and shoot you dead. Take my... Oh, they can't? Oh. They're lucky. Think outside the box. Bornyhawk. Now a Nancy. It's the Greener Pastures Podcast. Mother's Day Special. Our guest this week, Laura Avery. And this week's host, Keegan Witzke. Hey everybody, this is Keegan Witzke, one of the editors for Greener Pastures Magazine and one of the contributors to Greener Pastures Podcast, where in both, we always try to find the better joke. This is our Mother's Day special, and it is also my first interview being the interviewer ever. And I thought, who better to share this moment with than... Not only my biggest fan, but my mom. So please give it up for Laura Avery. Mom, it really means a lot for you to come. Thank you so much for taking the time. You're welcome. Happy to be here. Uh, <laughs> so formal. Are you going to laugh like the whole time? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be like the Jimmy Fallon of the entire interview. Like anything, even if it's not funny, will be so funny to me. Like dog tails. <laughs> oh my God, that's crazy. Yes. Uh. So first question, uh, I know that you were voted in high school, mom, as the funniest person of your senior class. So I've never asked you, what was your first reaction when you found out that you could make other people laugh? Uh, well, I, I was looking through all of the like, it was so inappropriate, first of all, like everything was like cutest guy, cutest girl, you know, it was so like nowadays it would be like mortifying. Um, so then it was, yeah, like most likely to be a movie star, all of that. And then I got down to cute or, um, funniest girl and it was my name. And I was like, what? I didn't even know people thought I was funny. It was pretty, it was pretty funny because I was like, really? Wait, was there a distinction between funniest girl and funniest boy? Yes. What? There was a there was a girl funniest and a boy funniest. Now, mind you, there's only like 360 people in my graduating class. So, I mean, there was a lot of people that won something. Do you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, like everyone gets a participation trophy. But also, that's sad because there also was pe- were people that, you know, less people didn't win something, which is, I think, worse. <laughs> And some people won more than one category. That was what? the other thing. Uh, it's so, it was so horrible. Yeah. So, like some people won like, you know, most likely to succeed and they won, you know, best journalist or something. I don't know. 
I know. Like, that's just not right. Like, at least give give that person just one thing because there's several, you know, people left out that didn't get anything. So, too bad. I was also laughing at the SpongeBob ringtone you had. Yes, that's my husband. That's the ringtone <laughs> I have for my husband because that's kind of like... I'm not listening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I used to have the motorcycle, but then that got creepy. See, this is why it's so shocking whenever we really get to talk about this kind of stuff, because one, I never would have known that in your high school, people would distinguish funniest girl and then funniest boy. And two, out of like the 360 people, someone could get voted more, more than, than once. One. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. It's horrible. <laughs> So then, like, when you were able to see a lot of these people in your high school reunion, did any of them live up to their expectations? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, there was, like, a girl that was a dancer, let's say, in high school, and she, like, danced on cruise ships and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, there was, yeah, but it was a very small town. So, you know, the I think that... Everybody wanted to be famous. You know, it was back in the, you know, 1983. Everybody thought for sure, you know, you're going places. Uh, yeah, mind you, most of those people did not. But but you did. I mean, to be completely honest, this is one of my favorite things to get to brag about you. And also what I feel like is relevant to anyone who has a creative person in their family that supports them. You got to be a radio DJ in college, Mom. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, I went to a very boring college and there was nothing to do. So I was like, what's the most, what would be something fun to do? So, yes, I started at the radio station there and then worked uh, for three years at the radio station in town. So I had a job outside of college and didn't get much sleep, actually. I did the overnight shifts uh, my senior year. So I worked from midnight to six. Then I went home, I went to my dorm and slept for, you know, two hours and got up and went to class. Wow, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that, but that was fun. I mean, yeah, it was fun. You know, one aspect of your job I do remember is how you had to know how long songs were because you needed them for your breaks. Like you used to know how long Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin was because you were able to go to the bathroom, get coffee and get back. Well... In 1980, what what year was that? 1986 was when I worked midnight to to six. And albums were, you know, there's CDs were just coming along, but the radio station really only was equipped for um, eight track, you know, tapes. Right. They were called carts. Um, And then we had a huge music library of albums, and you actually could pick, you know, what you wanted to play. Cool. So you would pull your albums for your shift, you know, ahead of time. And so you'd have them all there sitting. And sometimes you changed your mind. And if you had to go to the bathroom, you had to put on like, you know, at least a five minute song in order to get from the control booth to the bathroom on the first floor. And no one else was there. Like I was there by myself. Did that ever get weird? Yeah. I didn't think about it too much. I mean, the doors were locked and stuff, but... You know, sometimes I would be super tired and eating like junior mints and I was like super like high on sugar and trying to stay awake. 
and I put on like Inagata Davida because I had to go to the bathroom. And <laughs> I was really, it was, it would have been funny to have a security camera. Like there's not even security camera. Who knows? Like, anybody could have done anything. I could have had a party in there. Well, now it makes sense why you love Junior Mints. Well, I just something to keep me awake. I don't know. Like I'd go get those three for a dollar for, you know, movie boxes. Well, uh, now I know the origin story of how I got my candy fix for like almost all of my life until about four years ago. Yeah. You still tease me about this. Uh, what was the name of the Black Keys guy, Dan Robach, his side band, the one that we saw live? Oh. Um, yeah, we saw them like somewhere in Belmont. Yes. Yeah, there was the Skull and yeah. Flower what album can I think cover. About? He sang uh, that one song, uh, oh Stay my gosh, in my corner, just... right? Yes, 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 yes. Hang on. Oh, The Arcs. The Arcs, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I met up with you and everyone at the theater. And when you saw me, you asked, hey, Keegan, do you want a drink? And I said, nah, I'm all good. I got my fix. Pop Belly's milkshake. Oreo. <laughs> yeah. And it didn't help that I admitted how I actually got it George McFly style from Back to the Future. I just slammed my hand on the counter and was like, give me a shake. Oreo. Yes. And your bedroom was next to the wine cellar. We never even thought about it. It's not like it had a lock on it or anything. You literally could have just gone in there and drank the wine. You know, I honestly don't remember there being wine in the cellar. The only time I really remember checking it out was when I found out there wasn't a Santa. Yeah. Like, for sure. I opened it up about a week before Christmas, and I saw it completely filled with presents from S. We assumed you knew, but... Well, you know, at 16... You would think that your child knew there wasn't a Santa. <laughs> All right, we're going to switch it up for a bit. Okay. We're going into game time. It's game time! Now, comedy movies are a big deal in our family. It's our way of expressing any kind of affection. And I know that you've had a hard time, Mom, deciding which movie you would watch if you were stranded on an island with only one movie. Yes. So, to help you out, we're going to play a little game, which I call Desert Island Film. It's really simple. I'm going to list off two movies at a time, and whatever you pick from those two, we'll move on to the next round, and so on and so on until we get to our final video, your Desert Island Film. These are, by the way, all personally picked films that I know you love, and they're set in a very random order. You'll have 10 movies to choose from, and I feel like this will help you narrow down what you want to watch. Okay? Okay. Okay, cool. First up, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Superstar. Oh, Ferris Bueller's. Okay. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Jim Carrey's The Grinch. Hmm, <laughs> that's tough. It's hard to watch a Christmas movie when it's not Christmas is the problem. Um... I don't know. I still, I'd stay with Ferris Bueller, I think, because it, it, it would have to endure time, right? All right, I'm going to throw you a wrench then. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Napoleon Dynamite. Ooh, that's tough. Um, I know, I know. <laughs> I think, uh, I might switch to Napoleon Dynamite, because now wow. that I think about it, the creepy guy, the creepy principal in Ferris Bueller's Day Off was, like, arrested for doing inappropriate things. No. 
so I don't think I could watch him over and over again. Did he really? Oh, man. Yes, it's gross. So I'm switching now to Napoleon Dynamite, only because I love Kip. Wait, Kip's the brother, right? Yes. Ask the school nurse. She has like five sticks in her drawer. I'm not going to get you from her, you freaking idiot. Yes, exactly. I hope we still have that Napoleon Dynamite pen, by the way, the one that talks. I think we do. It might. The battery might be out. Probably. So it might go... <laughs> yes. All right, next up, Napoleon Dynamite, Zoolander. Uh, yeah, I don't love Zoolander. I go up really? still stay with the... Po- yeah. It's wow. fine. Okay. I, I only like thing. I only like Merman when he says Merman. That's my favorite part. Merman. <laughs> All right, Napoleon Dynamite, Elf. Oh, Elf. Oh wow. Yeah, even though it is a Christmas movie, I it's too good. Okay. Uh, Elf, Wayne's World. Oh, that's tough. I know. Well, and this is only how you feel today. Another day you might feel different. I know. About yeah, yeah. Um, I think Wayne. I or no, I think uh, Elf still. Okay. Because I really do like. Um, I like the chemistry between the main characters. That's nice. Um, Elf. Mike Myers, Cat in the Hat. Oh, I might go Cat in the Hat. Okay. Because that was like I said, like that's. Alec Baldwin's comeback movie, and he was so disgusting in it. It was hilarious. Mike Myers, Cat in the Hat. Paul Blart, Mall Cop. Ooh. (laughs) Now, I share... Somehow, I'm, like, the only one that likes Paul Blart. Why (laughs) is that? That's why I put it in. (laughs) I know. Uh, I really do like Kevin James, but that's the only movie I like. Yeah, it's probably, like, a Um, film. Yeah, I might switch to Paul Blart. I could watch that over and over. Wow. All right. Final round. Paul Blart Mall Cop. Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy. Oh, thank God. That I could watch forever. You forgot Sandlot. Damn it. You forgot. What's the camp movie? Why can't I think of Heavyweights? Oh, my gosh. The best. I had to keep it detailed. And if people haven't seen these movies, they are really boring. Congratulations, Mom. You have chosen your Desert Island film. Tommy Boy. Game time! Tommy Boy, by the way, is one of my favorite movies growing up, to anyone listening. It's also one of the movies we quote the most around the family house. What'd you do? What'd you do? And if you ever meet my mom and I in person or really anyone in our family, quoting from any of these movies is honestly how we talk to each other and how you can get in the inner circle a little quicker. And it is totally true. We only share how we feel about each other and how we express love towards one another through quoting most of these movies. And uh, what was it? You told me about why you think it's super important to have some kind of comedy within family. Well, I just, again, like, I just think people, the worst thing you could be is a boring person. And in funny movies kind of bring out the silliness of life, usually. So if you can't find those funny or silly and use them over and over again, like we do with the quotes, I don't know. It seems like 
I, yeah, probably wouldn't be your friend. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I get it. Like, I've been more relaxed with things such as uh, people not liking Tommy Boy. But when it comes to joking around in general, and if it feels like it's not syncing up, that's a really big red flag to me. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is generational. And, like, we watched those movies when you guys were growing up. So I suppose if you grow up in different generations and you hadn't seen those movies, I mean, I'm sure that people are fine. Just not the same sense of humor, I guess. And if anyone's wondering what she means by guys, she means that uh, specifically my older sister Taylor and I. It was usually me, my mom, and Taylor. We'd always watch these things. And then our little brother and sister, uh, Cammie and Chase, they joined the bandwagon. And then our stepdad, Chris, my stepdad, Chris, got into it as well. And they've conformed and they've learned the ways of communication and, and just being funny. So... Well, because they're 10 and 12 years younger than you guys, they introduce these movies to their friends, which, you know, then they judge those people by if they like the movie or not. And if they don't like the movie, they are out. And it's funny because there's it's so old, a lot of these films. And so if the... I know. And inappro- there's a lot of inappropriate things. Oh, God. I'm sure. Yeah. Especially Sandlot, the lifeguard scene. Like, yeah. uh, kind of, but that's still funny. Squint is... Oh, no. yeah, Squint. yeah. Squint's, by the way, he's still working. Did you know that? No, I didn't know. Yeah, Squint is still working. He has a whole, he has sleeve tattoos now. That's like his trademark. I get it. Yeah, I guess that's just uh He needs something permanent in his life. <laughs> his film career couldn't do that for him. <laughs> ah. Yes. Uh, by the way, please, if anyone from the Sandlot is listening, especially Squint, I respect and adore all of you. I learned to speak from that film. Literally, that's a story for another time. Speaking of joking around with family, I've known your best friend, Janelle, since I was born, and she's become really a second mom to me. But you've known her since you were a kid, even when you were in high school. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which Mm -hmm. brings me to my next question. What is the origin story of Borny Hawks? So, as I said before, I'm from a very small town in Illinois, and I met a friend in fifth grade uh, who has remained my best friend ever since. Friendship goals. Yes. And anyway, funny story. She and her three girls were packed into a very small vehicle with with her mother in Scotland. Scotland or Ireland, one of the two. And they were driving on the wrong side of the road, of course, because that's what you do. And they were driving her crazy. And she's like, you guys, just like entertain yourself. Just, you know, make up stories, whatever. But and her daughter, Ellery, the youngest, who at the time was about three, made up a character that was a goat man. And his name was Mr. Bornyhawks. And Mr. Bornyhawks had a list. <laughs> and she would, she would physically act like a goat with her hands like, you know, hooves. And she would say... Hi, I'm Mr. Borny Hawks. Shake my hand. Shake my hand. Shake my hand right now, or 60 of my men will come out and shoot you dead. <laughs> out of the blue. And it was the funniest. And so she retells the story to me. We laugh, blah, blah, blah. Years go by. Probably 10 years go by. And we are getting bored. Um, our kids are all in school. We're getting bored. We're like, we should really do something like together. Like We should create a business. So we decided to paint uh, furniture. And when I say paint furniture, I mean 
go and drive around neighborhoods and go to estate sales and get furniture that is needing to be repurposed. And use, we used chalk paint and we came up with a business and that's what we did for three years. We painted furniture and sold it on Etsy and um, we did customize things for people. We did people's kitchens, all that kind of stuff. Then she decided, we did. We had to decide, you know, are we going to keep doing this or whatever? She decided to go um, teach college level um, classes yeah, yeah, yeah. at DePaul University. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to bow out. <laughs> so we, we, we had fun for the three years that we did it. And we named our business Horny Hucks. So good. Is it still on Etsy, Mom? Um, I don't have I have I kept up with the account? Probably not. Uh, it, you know, it's linked to my credit card. Is that credit card still valid? I don't know. <laughs> but I do miscellaneous projects for people all the time. Like I do, you know, they drop off side tables or chairs or whatever. I still paint, and it's fun, and um, it's easy for me, and it it brings me joy to see something horrible. And turn it into something nice. And if anyone's wondering, not trying to be too biased, but the stuff they refurbished was really good. And when I lived with Taylor, the older sister, uh, her place was super cool and hip. Like uh, It felt like I was in a local coffee shop. And it wasn't until about two months later when I realized all the stuff was from Borny Hops. Oh, her whole place looked like friends, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what's really cool to me, Mom, is how you and Janelle, you uh, you started a real legitimate business based on a joke. And not like a meme or a prank, which I feel like a lot of companies or people are starting to do, which is funny at the moment, but then it loses the humor. But I, you both started from a joke that had legs where it could like go for a long time. And it was legitimately funny and really original. Oh, and uh, Ma, could you please share with everyone what exactly you have hanging up in the family kitchen to commemorate Borny Hawks? Oh, I just found this ornament at Anthropology one day, and it looked exactly like Mr. Borny Hawk. Ugh, so good. So now I have them in my kitchen. And then Janelle went on to, she's now, um, she's now re- repurposing an entire apartment building. And she's going to be living on the top floor. And her um, masonry people have made her a huge uh, statue. Not a statue. It's kind of like a plaque that she's going to hang in her building of Mr. Bornehawks. No way. Mm-hmm. It's the silhouette for his silhouette. Like it's on our business cards. Yeah. Pretty cute. That's so cool. All from oh. a made up, you know, fantasy goat man. Again, this is just to show how far you can go with creativity, even with a joke. Yeah. You know what's interesting, Mom, is how when you and Janelle were always joking around, you told me that you were never always trying to be funny. What did you mean? I Well, the whole thing of being funny is not trying. If you try to be funny, it's, you know, people can see through it and stuff. I think you just have to be, I watched a lot of TV when I grew up. You know, we only had three stations. We had ABC, NBC, CBS, and then PBS, which, you know, Sesame Street and Zoom were on. Yeah. But, you know, Brady Bunch, Gilligan's Island, 
Happy Days, all those shows, I think that they probably form you because they're all they're all comedies. You know what I mean? So I feel like that it's just part of uh, it was just part of me growing up, but and not a lot to. And do. then would Saturday Night Live then would that would you not? Yes. When did you get into that? Oh, I watched it ever since I can remember. Wow. I, I don't remember when I didn't watch it. And it was on really late for a young person. I mean. Yeah, 1130, right? No, it was on, well, no, Central Time. Oh, so it was sorry. on at 1030, but, you know, I was like in fifth grade or sixth grade. Wow. Which, I mean, it was on the weekend, so who cares? But, um, yeah, I get, grew up with Gilda Radner. and Nice. All those guys. I mean, yeah. So I think you just get that stuff from if, and if you don't think it's funny, obviously you wouldn't watch it. But I find all of that rando stuff really funny. Slap it, honor it. <laughs> exactly. That's from Paul well, Blart, right. Mall Cop. If anyone's wondering. And you know he, yeah, yeah, he's not as funny as Will Ferrell, of course. No, but that character that he played. So, in, in my opinion, from for someone who had no guidebook at all on how to parent with a creative kid, let alone more than one creative kid. I feel like you did a really decent job. And I mean, we're all over the place. Me with all my performing and creating, Taylor with hula hooping and physical therapy, Cammie with singing and acting, and Chase with being a producer and radio broadcaster. I mean, that's a lot. A lot of the time, a lot of our classes wanted us to push down our creativity to focus on the academia, things we would not really want to care about in the future. You reminded us to be playful and find fun. So my last question to you, Mom, is what's something you'd suggest to any parent who has an artistic or creative kid and how to nurture that creativity when a lot of places in the world want to hinder that? Uh, I mean, everyone, all of you are different, even though you have creative sides. I think that you just have to support what your passions are. So if, you know, if you're able as a parent to be able to just let kids do, you know, what they love. I think that that's really, but some people don't have that luxury. Luckily, I've we've been able to do that for you guys. Yeah. And you know, I think that a lot of your friends and um, Cammy and Chase's friends don't know what they want to do still. So I think it's just about exposing you to experiences. You know, whatever they are. You know, when you're young, going to museums or... Yeah, so basically you're saying uh, expose your kids to a bunch of different things that they wouldn't normally see. Yeah. I mean, you went to summer camp. You know what I mean? You went to the Adler Planetarium. Who knows? When you were in sixth grade, maybe you would have really liked science and wanted to be an astronaut, you know? Yeah. But you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, how would you know? If you weren't exposed to that, you know, that's the thing. Um, you, you know, enjoyed it and stuff. Yeah. I'm just saying the more experiences you can give your kids, the better. Yeah, that's really cool, Mom. Makes me think of something Amy Poehler once said. Oh, she was saying how great people try new things before they're ready. I feel like it's relevant because she was saying how 
you might try something completely new you never thought of and you realize you're really good at it and you find something completely new about yourself, something, a new passion. And then if you're not good at it, I mean, who cares? At least you tried and you were able to step out of your comfort zone and take a risk. And now you know something about yourself. Yeah, getting out of your comfort zone. And right, I mean, I worked full time, but I still made sure that we did like at least one thing every weekend, whether it was, you know, going to the park or it was doing, you know, a trip, just something just to, yeah, expose you to experience. That's cool. I never thought of it like that. Especially like, even if you can't like go to a museum, like even going somewhere different, like, yeah, a park or a beach or oh, like. People watching is the best entertainment. <laughs> That's the reason I love music festivals. Wait, what? Is that why? Oh, part of it. Now, of course, I love music, but um, boy, I went and took my grandma, Ann and Ava to get their COVID shot. And I couldn't wait to back up into the parking place and watch all the people going in and out. Because, because we've been like in quarantine and I haven't been able to watch people. To observe people is the best. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. It makes sense too, because when we would gather up together, like at Lollapalooza and regroup, we would always compare notes or we would see who would see the better banner or the best t-shirt well we at the end of the day we had to come together and say who saw the best tattoo we had to come you remember we had to we had to find the person best tattoo or best outfit we'd take pictures of people it's kind of like making fun of people but <laughs> in the same it's just wondering like what their story is you know just like what i think one of my favorites i saw modest mouse and there were two huge cardboard head cutouts dueling each other when i saw the faces it was chris pine and chris pratt yeah just yeah what about the oh i have a picture still on my phone about with the guy that paints with the afro Wait. with bob ross what no you know that guy that teaches painting oh yeah, yeah let's paint a little pretty cloud yes with the big afro yes some guy had you know just a t-shirt of his face on it it was to me just hilarious <laughs> I don't know. Just why would you pick that? I think uh, my favorite still is uh, when I saw a guy dressed up head to toe as Jesus Christ. He, yes. He had a thorn. Okay. He had a thorn crown. We just mm-hmm. saw the dead mouse. It had just finished raining and people were dancing mm-hmm. crazy with neon lights, muddy feet, everything, mm-hmm. the whole nine yards. And then I just see him in his left hand is a cigarette lit and in the right hand it's a Bud Light. And like, and I, uh, no joke, I said, hey, can I take a picture of you? And he goes, go ahead, my son. Jesus smokes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> I mean, so that's, yes. So my ne- next, when I retire, I definitely want to find a place to live where I can observe, like, you know, like in a city or someplace where I can observe people coming and going. It's really amazing would you bring janelle along with you oh well she's so she's got this apartment building that she's redoing and there's oh my god is this the whole is this the whole reason why she'd get the building just so you could people watch people in the suburbs no but it'll be a benefit i mean (laughs) i'm gonna do it for sure i think that's the best Uh, i'm gonna leave it on that note it's uh, that's so funny okay 
Mom, thank you so, so, so much for being my first guest, for of course. doing everything you could to help support and nurture who I have become today as both an artist and a man, and most importantly, for being my mom. Yes. And I hope everyone out there gets to appreciate their moms, dads, or anyone that they love and care who supports them back for being a creative person. Carry on, my son. <laughs> I love you, Mom. Love you, too. Want to wrap it up, Mom? All right. It's a wrap. Thanks for listening to Greener Pastures Podcast. New episodes every Monday. Want to share your satire? Go to Greener Pastures Magazine on medium.com to learn how. And remember to follow us on Medium, the Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time.